Digital Mental Health Conversations, the podcast by SilverCloud Health. The eighth podcast in our series is about adherence and engagement in digital mental health and what a meaningful or optimal dose of engagement is and what the future holds in terms of leveraging usage data and how we can build an optimal path to personalization. So let me introduce today's guest. We are joined by Ina Beatner. Ina is a clinical psychologist who's been working in e-mental health research for 15 years. She's been involved in several clinical trials on online interventions and is passionate about improving adherence by designing adaptive interventions that are meaningful to users every step of the way. In 2019, Ina joined MindDoc, one of the leading providers of video-based psychotherapy in Germany and owner of the MindDoc app. As a chief science officer, she is responsible for developing content both for the app and the therapy platform, as well as coordinating various research projects around MindDoc services. Welcome, Ina. So, hi. It's really a pleasure to be talking and having this conversation with two esteemed colleagues. Um, one is external and one is a, a colleague from um, years now of uh, meeting at academic conferences and, and discussing there. Uh, hopefully we get to do that again very soon. But for now, the pleasure is, is to have her on this podcast. And that's Dr. Ina Baintner, um, who is currently the Chief Science Officer at MindDoc. So welcome, Ina. And uh, the other is, is Angel Enrique, who's my colleague here at SilverCloud and a fellow digital health scientist. And it's always a pleasure to talk to him about loads of stuff regarding digital mental health. But this topic in particular really feels pertinent. I think um, engagement and adherence is really uh, becoming quite a buzzword in the field of digital mental health. Um, you know, at every event uh, I've been to recently, it, you know, it just comes up, right? And so, you know, without further ado, I, I want to dive right into the questions. Um, so, Ina and Anker, welcome. And let's start uh, by asking you, Ina. So just, you know, this is a podcast about engagement and adherence. So why don't we try and define what that is um, and how we understand it? So what does that mean in terms of digital mental health platforms and solutions? Um, let me say hi first and thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, I'm going to start with adherence, which is rather a medical term that means that a patient follows a treatment plan that the patient and the healthcare provider have agreed upon. And in a mental health intervention or a digital mental health intervention, that would be something like completing all the sessions in the interventions or the chapters or doing all the exercises that are proposed or filling in all of the diaries. And this is something that can be a rather passive way of consuming an intervention. So you can have people with 100% adherence, but zero engagement. So engagement, I would say, takes things one step further and makes people more, more active. For instance, instead of just reading some material or watching videos, they actually think about what this means to them or they stop and pause and take some notes or actually go and try out things and change their behavior. So I would say that is the main difference between adherence and engagement. 
Yeah, that's very useful. And Ankel, um, do you agree with, with that? And then to how would you define engagement then in terms of digital mental health interventions? So, yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what Ina uh, said, like uh, it's at the end, it's, it's quite of a, of a medical term. And, and it is true that, you know, as we could understand it is the, the user going through all the modules that we have uh, developed. And this is how it has been understood for, for the last uh, number of, of years. Right. And there is debate in regards if this is the, the best way to actually uh, understand adherence. I think something that Ina also mentioned in regards to what you were saying, Jorge, regards to, to engagement, it is that uh, it can be this situation where the user consumes all the content, just go through every single page, but they don't really engage, as Ina was saying, right? Which would mean that they just click through the pages without really um, trying to understand what they are what they are reading, without really trying to to interact with the content. And it's important to make this differentiation, right? In terms of like going through the pages passively and and also that other aspect of actually engaging with the with the tools and and you know having a an experience with the with the platform in terms of like uh, interacting and really thinking through and really practicing the exercises and all that and that's that's more related to the concept of of engaging which is a subjective experience of using intervention which is not only captured but going through the intervention but also uh, this this aspect of of the subjective experience related to you to to how do you feel about using the intervention? Okay, thanks. Um, so, having said that about engagement, I do want to point out that you know it still is a concept that's used in different ways, even in our field, right? I mean, I was listening to a panel discussion at a conference recently, and they were talking about engagement beyond, let's say. Um, Europe and, and North America and how to get people to engage. But there the concept was more, you know, engaging as just accessing, you know, accessing and using it. So would you say we need to draw a line between, okay, engaging as a one-off and then this concept that you're talking about, which is more this meaningful engagement of truly using an intervention in the best possible way to gain the most benefit, right? Um, I'm not sure if I understood this question, but I'll try to answer it anyway, probably. So what is important for an intervention to work that people use it over a period of time and not just one time or just they keep coming back? and um, change their behaviors or challenge their thinking or leave their comfort zones, basically. So in order to facilitate this kind of long-term engagement that is needed for those interventions to work, we need to make them appealing to the user. And because of the topic we're addressing, which is mental health, this is a bit tricky. So um, it's not an inherently fun topic like uh, a gaming app that is inherently engaging or much easier to make engagement engaging. So what we need to try to do is to make the content meaningful to the user that is who is using it and make it easy to digest, but also encourage people to try out things that are difficult and outside their comfort zone, so to speak. Did that answer your question, Father? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it's one it's one good way of talking about approaching the concept of making engagement meaningful and, and making it easier for people to engage with platforms in meaningful ways. Um, Ankel, do you have something to, to add on this? No, I think that it, it, it like what Dina was saying makes makes a lot of sense, and and it is true that you know it is it is difficult to come up with with this definition of what meaningful would be as well, right? And I think it it also talks about uh, these differences in how different users are going to interact with the intervention, right? And what meaningful would mean for for each of them, because some people will understand uh, some content just going one time. And some people may need to go through it different times to actually make sense of it, right? And how do we conceptualize this at a, at a platform level? How do we cover it so that, you know, both are accounting and are accounted as a meaningful engagement because, they, you know, different users may have different bases. I think all these are, are very important considerations where we are coming up with these metrics that we are talking about that are about how users are using the intervention. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we could talk about this uh, some more, but I want to hold the thought of meaningful engagement for a little bit because I just want to ask you both if you want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the current research in academic literature. Where is it? You know, wh where is it in terms of, you know, just analyzing engagement, conceptualizing it, and then, you know, producing these papers that are based around the concept and what, what results have you seen so far? So I have tried in my time in academia several times to do reviews on meta-analysis on adherence or engagement, and it's a hot mess, basically. So everyone has their own definitions and their own measures, and it's really, really difficult to kind of compare those, and there are no, uh, no really good standards for how to report, how people interact with interventions and what they're doing. Um, and oftentimes it's not even addressed at all. So in, in many publications, we don't know, we, we don't get any information about how the, the participants actually used the interventions and what they did. So we could really do a, a lot better in, in having common standards as well um, in addressing adherence, which is a lot easier to measure. So you can kind of track the behavior of people within your web platform or your app. And engagement, which is a lot more difficult to measure because engagement is somewhat, something that happens inside people's heads or in, in the time between the sessions of an intervention in their daily lives. So, um, but I think we would, would do a lot better as a field if we started on at least having some common standards for reporting adherence and uh, reporting some, some key measures um, on user retention or uh, how many people completed an intervention how many people um, use like more active parts of the interventions like diaries or discussion boards or something like that. So to get as much detail as possible on that, to also be able to, uh, to identify different groups of users with different engagement behaviors. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful, Lena. And um, 
I think, you know, you, you said something very important there. We we need to like take a step back and, and develop these standards because I think some people might argue that, well, you know, all of these apps are different, right? They're different in the way they're designed and the way, you know, users interact with them. Some are more text heavy, some are, you know, have more multimedia tools. But you're saying there are a set of standards and standard in these variables, which we can point to and say, well, you know, these are helpful metrics to measure adherence and engagement, right? Uh, yes, exactly. So you can you can have at least uh, some key measures that you can make more or less comparable. So you can uh, see how many days someone engaged with an intervention. You can do that for any intervention, really, with an, be it an app or website or whatever. Or you can, um, if your intervention is structured in some way, you can look at how far people have come in it. Um, so I think the main thing is to be really transparent about it and, and find measures that fit your intervention. And um, on top of that, at least try to report something that kind of makes it comparable to everything else that is out there in the field, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't. That, that, that's very good. Hopefully that happens more and more. Um, and on that, Angel, um, obviously we've done some, some work at SilverCloud as well on, on engagement and, and in collaboration with, with others such as Microsoft. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we've done, what we've studied uh, so far um, and, and where we are with it? Sure. Thanks, Jorge. So, I mean, I think one, just, just to relate it to what Ina was saying, I think that point of making your data transparent and so that it's comparable to what others are doing. Because it, it is really true that, you know, different, uh, as you are saying, Jorge, different programs may be, you know, designed in different ways, and that may lead to different ways the program is actually used, right? So there will be always differences in, in that between, between programs. But it is true that if you are transparent, you will be able to, you know, other researchers or, or other academics, other people who want to look at this, will be able to, to understand what you're saying and relate it to what they have in their in their database. So that's that's important. I think that from the from the research we've done so far, basically um, what we know is that usage matters. We don't know how exactly it does, but we know that in an aggregate uh, level, usage is related to outcomes. So that the more you engage, the the more you'll get to benefit from it. So this is very important, and this is something we try to address in. In this study we, we conducted, where we actually looked at different metrics of, of usage, as Ina was reporting as well. Like we not only looked at the um, time spent, but also the percentage of program completed, the number of logins, also the number of activities, the number of reviews provided by the coach, the number of messages sent by the user to the coach. So all these metrics were, were recorded and reported. And, and, you know, from this, we were able to, to see difference. We observed significant difference between those who achieved a significant change and those who didn't, where those who, who achieved a significant change used more the intervention. And interestingly, we found that these differences in usage could be observed from the first weeks. So basically, from the beginning, you can see how these usage can, can be related. 
So I think that in that sense, that's that's a, a way of, of looking at it. And of course, it's it, there is also other ways. Like this is a kind of simple approach because we're only looking at sim, uh, at raw metrics of usage, right? But then there is this also le- there is these other levels of granularity where you can go. We can you can delve to a lot into into the the type of data here. You can go beyond the number of minutes and you can see what they were actually seeing and for how long they were you know, engaging in each of the pages and what actions they were doing within it and, you know, within which period of time. So all this is information that is very complex. It's all integrated and really you need to, to look at it as a whole, right? So in that sense, there is this collaboration we're doing with Microsoft Research where they are experts in, in machine learning methods and, and they are applying it to a large sample, just trying to understand a bit more how users relate, how users engage with the intervention, and if there is any way that we can relate this to outcomes. It's a, it's a very complex matter. Yeah, and on that, uh, on that collaboration, you know, we published this paper on JAMA, uh, looking at different levels and, and engagement types. And, and I find it really interesting that you both mentioned transparency because there was a comment on that paper um, by John Torres, highlighting the fact that we were being transparent with the data and also saying, you know, we should take it to the next level, you know, um, which is what we're discussing here, where we have these base metrics for engagement um, that can be reported on in a transparent way, like you're referring to, you know, but then also think about, you know, beyond that and meaningful engagement and concepts such as, well, you know, can we talk about repeated logging? So it's it's more important to say not that someone was online for two hours, but they kept coming back to the platform. And that's that's data that we do have and we're looking into further. Um, and then, you know, the other thing he pointed out was, you know, how can we measure this effective cognitive investment with the platform, which is, you know, a way of saying how can we measure what we can't objectively measure, right? Um, how's this level of interaction between human and computer? Um, how can we, you know, think about that relationship a bit more? And I don't know if you you have any thoughts um, on that specifically. Um, that that is really a super difficult thing to do. So we can kind of infer that people have actively engaged with an intervention if they get. Better. So if um, if their symptoms are reduced after a certain time, but we don't know anything about what exactly this engagement looked like or what it actually was that was helpful. So it could be different for different people. So I think the only um, the only way to find out about this is to ask people really in detail about how they have been. Uh, using an intervention or an app and uh, interviewing them. And I'm, I'm even wondering if this is best done alongside a clinical trial or a randomized control trial, or whether this is done better with users in the field and out in the open, because we already know that adherence and engagement in clinical trials is much different than what we see in in the real world. 
So usually engagement is much higher or adherence at least is, is much higher in a clinical trial than it will be in the real world. So if we really want to understand more about um, how we can make the interventions themselves or the apps themselves more engaging and uh, we would probably need to study people who are not part of some clinical trial where they have like certain incentives to use the app. Yeah, and that's, um, that's a very good point, Ian. And actually, you know, I, I had a question that I want to ask you. I'll pass it on to you, Ankel, um, because this, is, this talks a little bit about this gap between research and practice, right? You know, the results that we see in trials and RCTs but then, you know, where is that real world implementation going to come from? Or, you know, how do we translate what we know from the literature, all of these concepts and these ideas that we've discussed about these results? How do we translate that into real world um, practice? What's the best way to combine the two where we, yes, we set up these trials, but at the same time, we're getting all of this information constantly from users currently on our platform. Um, which can be both quantitative and qualitative. So how do you think we can do that in, in the best way? Yeah. So really, I think that there is this differentiation in what you are saying, Jorge. You know, like I think that um, from what Ina was saying as well, this difference between what we observe in research settings, more controlled settings where we have more control over what's happening with the participants, we know why they are using the intervention. We know their needs. We know we know, we know more about, about them, right? Whereas in, in real world, it is true that there is this difference where, you know, of course, you don't have the same inclusion criteria. There may be a broader range of, of needs and motivations to, to use the interventions. And definitely, there is that difference that we need to try to, to, to understand as well. And I think that understanding not only means, as, as we're saying, not only means looking at the subjective measures, but it's also about asking the, the users, right? And trying to, to understand, you know, the, the patterns of use by, by asking them and trying to, to gather more about this subjective, subjective experience, as we're saying. I think that, you know, it talks more about mixed methods in real world where we can do interviews with some users to really try to, to understand what their experience was when they were using intervention. And I think it speaks to some of the research we've done, right? Like uh, we have also done qualitative interviews with users. And for example, we would ask them, like, when do you use the intervention? And you hear, only here you can see many differences in how users decide to actually take on the, the mobile and actually engage, where some people is like, yeah, I had it planned. I used to engage once or twice a week. So when I have time, I do it. Whereas there is other people that say, well, actually use it when I feel bad. When I'm feeling down, then I go to the to the mobile, I open the, the app and start using it, right? So you can see here different uses of the platform. And of course, uh, this may lead to, at a, at a usage level, you may see that they are engaging in different ways. But of course, the needs of the users at those two levels are also different, right? So that's why it's important to understand what's the experience they are going through that makes them engage. That's very true. And, and you know, that, that can also work with, you know, with understanding and delving deeper into psychological concepts such as, you know, skills usage uh, and, and, and the therapeutic alliance. Um, and um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's great. And so, I mean, I, having 
discussed this, what we've discussed so far. Do you think then it's it's fair to say that we need to redefine the concept of adherence? Um, obviously, there's users and groups of users that are different. And how do we adapt to this via a digital mental health solution? I mean, you, we're not, you know, therapists in a, you know, in an office seeing these people face to face where you, you know, sometimes adapt on the go as per people's personal stories. How can we translate this um, into the field of digital mental health? And do we therefore need to redefine the concept of adherence and engagement for this field? Um, in my view, like the perfect digital intervention probably would do exactly what a good therapist would do, which is adapt to the user's needs and, and get to know the user and then provide them with, with content or with, uh, with intervention components that are meaningful to them at this point in time. So if I would know that a user uh, always accesses an intervention when they're in a bad state, um, I would provide them with different content than someone who has like his weekly schedule of logging on three times a week and actively working on problem X or Y. So um, I think we will move away from these one-size-fits-all interventions that try to mimic some treatment manual with session one through session 10, which is the same for everyone, and um, make our interventions much more personalized and much more engaging. So, And we can, can use the usage data to learn about people and probably learn about what to recommend they do next. So, for example, if we see that someone um, is very active in using a monitoring system or a diary, then we would recommend some content that is more like a diary or has more writing um, uh, writing exercises. And if we see that someone watches a lot of videos, that then we would recommend more video-based content, for instance, and also address the topics they're, they're struggling with at the moment. Yeah, that's very helpful. Those examples, um, you know, really paint a picture about how a program could adapt on the fly to, uh, you know, different engagement patterns at an individual level. Ankel, do you have anything to add to that? I think what what Ine described is 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 very on point. Like the, 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 we really need to to consider that that people respond differently to psychotherapy, and whereas we used to think on this. Um, those response relationship, which uh, a lot of the time and how literature frames it, looks at, you know, like there is an, an artifact of aggregating data, right? So it, it doesn't allow to look that much at, a, at an individual level. And that the fact that there, there may be uh, different people with different needs, so really you need to to make some sort of a stratified sample. And as, as Ina was saying, I think the example that Ina put it was, was very good, right? Like, at the end here, we are trying to, to resemble what uh, a psychotherapist would do, right? And who, who would try to recommend the content that it's more pertinent at each time. So for that, you need to be, you need to make decisions at an individual level. So, so really for that, you need to, to understand what their previous 
usage is, is being, right? Like what are they engaging with the most so that you can recommend similar content because content because it seems that they are they are more likely to engage with that type of content, which probably is it means that that they they like to to engage with that type of content, right? So that type of thinking, I think, it goes on the line of of trying to conceptualize in a different way uh, how people uh, engage with with the intervention. Yeah, and that's a very good point too, Angel. And I really like what both of you are saying because this talk of adapting to users' um, patterns of behavior, I think, is very important. There are concepts that are, you know, also becoming trendy, and I think a lot of apps and and platforms are going to try, and that's gamification, for example. And I read an interesting opinion piece on MedCity by um, Alison Darcy, who, you know, was talking about this worry that, well, gamification relies on, you know, things that lead to addictive behavior um, in, in users. So why use that for something that, you know, that wants to make people feel better in regards to their mental health, right? So, you know, we shouldn't just assume that, hey, let's use these types of strategies for everyone. We should understand that people engage with these interventions in many different ways and adapt accordingly. So I think that's great what you both just said. Um, And so then I want to just pivot to this one question that I've been asked a lot, and I'm sure that you're asked a lot too. And, you know, people want to know, will we or are, are we already at a stage where we can talk about an optimal dose of engagement, of meaningful engagement, right? Just like with um, regular drugs, like for example, paracetamol, you say, well, take 500 milligrams um, four times a day, and that should do the trick, right? People want to know, hey, can I say, use this platform for three hours, um, log on, um, you know, three times a day, and you'll feel better. Um, And even though that for us may sound a bit um, wild at this stage, it is a question that people ask, you know, what, how much is enough and is there an optimal dose? Um, and then kind of an aside for, to that is, are we going to talk about engagement as a yes, no kind of thing? They engaged or they didn't, or should we consider more of a continuum of engagement um, along the lines as well of meaningful engagement? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, long question, but um, but just to kind of set the scene a little bit. Okay, so regarding the question on the optimal dose, the answer would be it depends, just as it would be with paracetamol. So it, it, depending on your weight and the, the amount of your pain and your condition, 500 milligrams may be enough, but they may not be. So um, it's probably the same with a with our, uh, with our intervention. So we can safely say that a dose of zero is not enough. And probably you won't need to engage for 10 hours a day. So that would be probably too much or not give you any added effects anymore. But other than that, I would say everyone needs to try and find out what their optimal dose is where they're doing good and where they're feeling um, better 
and have have the um, impression that they can manage it. So we don't want people to feel overwhelmed as well. So um, in therapy, we we have the saying that we need to challenge patients a bit, but not overwhelm them. So and and the the sweet spot of a bit of a challenge, but not too hard, is different for everyone. And we need to find this out for every single patient, and it will change throughout therapy. So um, probably it's the same for digital interventions as well. Thanks, Hina. Yeah, so that's that's very helpful, and you're absolutely right. Um, you know, taking baseline characteristics of each individual would help us understand perhaps the optimal dose for that individual, right? And, and not only that, but kind of initial um, engagement. Anka was talking about, you know, the initial weeks being very important. That could point us in that direction. So, Ankel, I don't know if you wanted to add to what Ina was saying around, you know, this concept of optimal dose and how that may relate to meaningful engagement. Yeah, I think it's important to consider what that, that we're saying that, right? Like, not everyone is going to engage the same way. So there is no, as we were saying before, there is no one size fits all dose. And this is going to be different for, for different users. So in that sense, probably there, there are like different doses for different types of, of users and this this needs to be accounted for right like i don't think we are near to that point of the perfect therapist but it is true that uh, i think we already know as ina was saying right that there is already some parameters that we can start to consider like we could agree that zero is you know it's not enough and then there is a some something that it's it's too much right so something in between and in that between, there may be different shapes as well, different patterns. And understanding at least some classes of them, it will be more important. And I think that the more data we get, the better we'll get as well to, to understand what these different patterns are. And then we will be more able to establish even different thresholds, different doses for these different uh, users. So I think that that will come with time but you know as as we were saying we need to be transparent in how we collect the information and be consistent on how we do it so that the data we're collecting now is actually comparable to the one we were collecting one year ago and also that is comparable as well to other interventions and that way we will be able to progress in the understanding of this concept of um, those uh, this optimal uh, dose yeah, and that, I mean, that's great, at, um, Ankel, and the fact that you, you talk about the more data we have and big data um, kind of is a nice leeway into my final question, which is, you know, having said all this, what does the future hold then? As we get more data coming in, as our databases for, you know, different companies and apps and, you know, academic research centers grow and grow and grow, how can we leverage all this usage data in the best way and kind of build this optimal path to personalization that takes into account the concept of engagement, you know, hopefully at a universal level where we can all speak the same language and also, you know, at an individual level as it pertains to the different characteristics of each app, but also at the individual user level. So, you know, what can we expect in the next few years around this area? I think we can expect that our interventions, whether they be an app or web-based 
um, interventions, they will get much smarter and much more personalized and much more tailored because we already have like the technical um, possibilities to do that. And um, by, by sharing our knowledge, um, we can really learn from each other what works and what doesn't work in, in terms of making interventions engaging and which intervention also would be the right fit for specific individuals and people. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, Ankel, what do you, how do you see the next few years shaping up? I think the next years will be exciting in terms of like increasing our understanding of all this. I think the aim is to to get to that point of making the interventions more responsive to the needs of the users at different times, right? And we can only do that by, you know, really looking at the data and see how users are using the intervention at the moment so that we can understand what they what they really need. And and really, at, at that level, we'll, we'll get to, to provide these more timely uh, interventions and perhaps not even think that much of, uh, of protocols, as we were saying before, but more of uh, covering needs at different times. And that doesn't need to be through a whole protocol. It can be through a specific module that it's unlocked at the right time. So for me, that's how I see uh, the future of, of engagement. I think that the more data we gather, we will be able to make more informed decisions as to how to recommend optimal content that will um, lead to these more smart interventions, as Ina was saying. Well, I mean, I'd have to say uh, thank you to both for using words such as better and exciting when it comes to the future. I think uh, we all need to hear that right now. But you're right. Um, I think that the future in this field is certainly exciting. If we tread carefully, you know, we can make the best use of what we're learning so far. Um, and in that way, just, you know, help more people, um, you know, in better and more significant ways. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot to cover in this subject matter. I mean, I would think if we get together in a year's time, we'd have a lot more to add to this conversation. Um, but for now, just really thank you both for providing such great insight. Um, it's a pleasure um, and a privilege to be in this field at this moment and um, hopefully a lot more interesting things and exciting things will, will happen in the near future. So thanks so much. Thank you.